today on a middle-aged woman's menopausal journey, bloating. A rant. And my social media recommendation for the week. Stay tuned. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me this Wednesday morning, May the 12th, 2021. I don't know why, but my little podcast has been picking up steam. I don't know where these little listeners are coming from. Thank you, my little 56 cents worth of listeners. <laughs> I appreciate you joining me on my journey. Um... I'm hoping that the information that I'm providing is uh, informative and entertaining. With that being said, we're going to get into our subject for today. Um, Bloating for women in perimenopause and menopause. Bloating is one of the most frequently experienced problems by women entering perimenopause and menopause. It is so prevalent that it is often referred to as menopausal bloat. Bloating caused by gas can lead to discomfort and be awkward and embarrassing. Bloating will lead to tightness around your abdominal area, which can last for hours or days and can result in episodes of flatulence. Women who experienced these symptoms when suffering from PMS when they were younger are more likely to experience them during perimenopause and menopause. During early menopause, you will see a significant fluctuation in hormone levels, which can result in a wide range of uncomfortable symptoms, such as hot flashes, sleep disturbances, weight gain, mood swings, and vaginal dryness. One of the primary shifts that you will experience is a drastic change in your levels of estrogen. Estrogen is the hormone that is responsible for keeping the right levels of bile and water in the body. When these levels begin to fluctuate, your body will respond by storing more water, which can lead to bloat. When estrogen affects bile production, your body will digest fats differently, which can result in higher levels of flatulence in the digestive tract. There are other issues that can lead to gas and bloating in your 50s, that are not directly related to the level of hormones in your body, such as digestion. Your gas and bloating can be a result of a slower digestive system, which can come with age. This can also result in constipation. Diet is another factor. To offset weight gain from menopause, many women will make changes in their diet to keep weight down, such as adding more fresh fruits and vegetables. While your body adapts to the diet changes, you may see an increase in gas. Swallowing more air can lead to increased gas in the body. This usually occurs when drinking carbonated beverages or chewing gum, or in my case, talking a lot because one of my jobs requires me to um, talk using a headset daily, which many women do when they hit menopause to combat dry mouth. Eating habits. Your 40s and 50s can be one of the busiest times of your life, and as you run around 
to take care of all your daily activities, you may be eating more quickly than you should. Eating too much or too rapidly can create a buildup of food that can cause problems with your digestive system. Gut flora. The changes that occur during menopause can change the good bacteria in your digestive system that is responsible for breaking down food. An imbalance of this bacteria can lead to problems with your body processing food and resulting in gas and constipation. Unfortunately, bloating is not only a concern during menopause years, but can continue to get worse as you age, even after your hormones have had time to stabilize. While diet and lifestyle can still cause bloating issues after menopause, there are other things that may be your culprit for your bloating, such as functional dyspepsia. This is a chronic disorder that affects your upper digestive tract and can cause bloating, gas, fullness, abdominal pain, and indigestion. While the exact causes of functional dyspepsia are unknown, it is sometimes associated with excess acid, food, allergies, diet, medication side effects, and inflammation of the stomach. Complications with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medicines. Okay, they call them NSAIDs. I couldn't think of what the D um, represents. So, throughout your life, it is likely that you have taken a large amount of NSAIDs, either over-the-counter or by prescription. These are commonly used because they have little side effects. Unfortunately, over time, they can begin to cause damage to your upper digestive tract. By the time you reach your 50s, you may begin to feel the side effects of these medications such as a higher risk of ulcers, increased stomach acid, bloating, and digestive issues. Now, this was something that I just learned. I didn't even know that. I have been an NSAID queen most of my life. So, fortunately for me, I haven't experienced any of these uh, side effects yet. But I'll be looking out for them now that I know that that could be a possibility. And that's terrible. I love my Advil. I, I, I advocate for Advil and ibuprofen every chance that I get. They're fast acting. You can have a cramp. One minute, pop a couple of those. And about five minutes later, you're feeling like you're ready to take on the world. Well, that's unfortunate. Diverticular disease. Another concern that can affect women over 50 is diverticular disease. This can occur when small out pouches push through the outer wall of the colon into the colon lining. They are frequently found in the lower intestines and can become worse with age. It can lead to bathroom issues as well as increased gas and bloating. There can be other causes of gas that are related to more pressing concerns so you should always discuss problems with bloating and gas with your doctor if it comes on suddenly, is extremely or very painful, results in weight loss, causes severe diarrhea or constipation, or leads to a disruption in your life. Some more serious concerns behind bloating include irritable bowel syndrome, gastroesophageal reflux disease, 
celiac disease, and colon cancer. The good news is there are several ways to reduce the discomfort of gas and bloating as well as the frequency in which it occurs. One way is to chew thoroughly. The act of chewing actual I'm sorry, the act of chewing actually triggers your stomach to begin producing enzymes. So by the time you get the food in your stomach, the digestion process can begin. Stay hydrated. Drinking water can help the digestive process operate more smoothly and prevent you from eating to the point of discomfort. Exercise regularly. Exercise can reduce stress and keep things moving along your digestive tract. Watch what you eat. Many people think eating a healthy diet will ensure proper digestion. Unfortunately, many health foods can cause a buildup of gas and bloat such as beans, broccoli, and whole wheat bread. You may also have identified other food triggers such as dairy, refined sugar, or gluten. Know the food that triggers bloating and gas and try to eliminate them as much as possible from your diet. Drink some peppermint tea. Peppermint tea is an excellent home remedy that can reduce gas and settle your digestive system. Alright, so me and my daughters are like the herbal tea queens, okay? And learning about peppermint tea, uh, relieving bloating and um, can reduce gas was like awesome to me. So I, I don't drink peppermint tea, but I do know that peppermint tea and spearmint tea exists. So this week I'm going to pick up a couple of boxes and um, try it out and, you know, let y'all know um, if I like it or not. <laughs> Avoid alcohol and tobacco. Both of these can trigger bloating and other digestive issues. While lifestyle changes are the best way to keep bloating and gas at bay for good, if you are still experiencing problems and your doctor has ruled out any other major health concerns that could be causing it, there are over-the-counter medications that can aid in reducing symptoms. Some of the over-counter treatments you can try include anti-bloating medications. Those are available at any drugstore or shopping center. If you are unsure which one to choose for your symptoms, the pharmacist will be able to make some recommendations. Diuretics. Diuretics work by preventing your body from holding excess water. You should consult with your doctor before taking diuretics to make sure that they are safe for you to use. Hormonal birth control pills. Hormonal birth control pills can help reduce bloating and other symptoms of PMS if you still have periods. They work by stabilizing the hormones in your body. Hormone replacement therapy. Many women will choose menopausal hormone therapy when going through menopause to alleviate the symptoms and discomforts that come along with the shift in hormones. This type of treatment works by regulating both your progesterone and estrogen levels to keep them balanced. If you are considering hormone therapy, you should discuss your options and, to put, and the potential side effects with your doctor. Bloating and gas can be one of the most uncomfortable and embarrassing symptoms of menopause and aging. Luckily, with a few lifestyle changes, you can get control of it and lessen the symptoms in many cases. If you bloat, if your bloating or gas becomes severe or recurs frequently, 
You should talk with your doctor to rule out other possible medical concerns or discuss medication options that can help improve your comfort. Last week, there was a report released um, stating that the job growth in April, the job growth reports were dismal because the United States seemed to have added only 266,000 jobs so far this year. And immediately, um, people who are paid to talk and blow smoke, um, politicians who probably have never held a real layman's job a day in their lives, um, people who are not working class or even middle class and some upper class that have not been affected by the choices made during the pandemic of last year have come out against people who are collecting unemployment, saying things like they're being incentivized to stay home, they don't want to return to work, and all these other things. Well, I was, needless to say, I was irritated by that for a number of reasons. And this is my little rant today. Because, um, you know, I was affected by the pandemic last year. I was laid off from my job. Now, before I go on with this rant, I'm going to try and make it as short as possible. I am not ungrateful for the position that I'm in. I have been very fortunate to have been able to um, embark on a couple of opportunities since the pandemic hit. And although the job that I was working has not opened back up yet for us to return to business, and I'm not sure that it would, first of all, because we were a customer service job. We were hands-on, face-to-face with the customer, customer service type of job. It is dangerous uh, for people to work in the industry that I work in because it is uh, very um, possible for COVID transmission to be spread doing what um, we do. And uh, second of all, the company that I worked for, although they were great, were struggling to um, stay afloat before the pandemic hit. Long before the pandemic hit, they were having problems. I'm not sure that I would be able to return um, to work there. I'm hoping against hope. I'm still staying in contact with um, the people who are, um, you know, who manage and who own that company. So um, I'm just waiting and hoping, waiting and hoping. I have managed to find some um, opportunities because eventually the unemployment will run out. So I'm going to have to have something to do to pay the bills that I do have to pay um, when that happens. And I'm not bragging. This is not a brag. It's not even a humble brag. Um, My husband and I, we have worked very hard. All of our lives, we've worked, you know, all, all that we've done is worked. We haven't um, worked to show off and floss and flex, which is why I don't 
mention anything, but uh, we've worked hard to provide a home and to provide stability um, for ourselves and for our daughters. So, you know, we're not rich. We've never been rich, but we have everything that we need. And for that, I am grateful. Okay. So with that being said, with that being established, let me go on with why um, that report and the response to it from our government leaders and the media irritated me. First of all, many of the full-time jobs that Americans were supposed to be staying home for two weeks from in March of 2020 wound up closing for good. Millions of employees were permanently laid off and those, some of those jobs never came back. Many people who are on unemployment are working part-time. Those are the only jobs available out here right now. These jobs pay poorly and have no benefits. As far as the fast food places that are strapped for workers, people are applying for those jobs, y'all. But the franchisees have been spoiled with a flux of educated, highly skilled employees or immigrant workers working for them before the pandemic. Let me explain something to you. The economy was jacked up before the pandemic hit. Okay? I'm going to say that again. There have been nurses, doctors, especially the educators, teachers, professors. They have had their main jobs. And they've been doing gig work on the side for many years before the pandemic hit. Because of the high cost of living, some places where they live, plus many of them had student loans to pay back. So we've had um, highly skilled, highly educated people working in retail, working in fast food, um, doing Uber Uber Eats or the, the Uber ride shares, um, driving cabs, limousines, uh, picking up side work everywhere with additional skills because they were trying to earn enough money to make a living to provide for their families. And a lot of these franchisees have gotten spoiled with that. They've had all these wonderful people working for them, okay, uh, working at their little fast food joints. These people actually cared about their jobs because they had families to support. And they cared about those jobs a whole lot more, in my opinion, than they should have because they were not appreciated. Oh, don't talk about Starbucks. Had a lot of them working for Starbucks. Okay? These people have, they, they had a main job and these, these jobs were their side jobs. And these franchisees just were taking them for granted. Well, the pandemic hit, people started receiving unemployment, and these highly skilled, highly trained people have just sat back and started reevaluating what it is that they're doing. Many of them have decided to carve out another career path, uh, find another plate, find another way to make a living. A lot of them are going back to school, a lot of them are being retrained um, for other jobs. A lot of them have decided to go another way. They found another way to make money. So, with that being said, these franchisees are holding out for workers, those workers to come back. 
and they aren't hiring anyone else. I have two people that I know personally that have applied for tens of fast food jobs with they have the signs outside saying that they're hiring but the franchisees refuse to hire them because they're entry-level workers they may need to be trained a little bit to get up to speed to do the job because you franchisees have had highly skilled people who learn quickly they didn't have to take that long to train the franchisees have become spoiled and they don't want to train people to do the job but let me tell you something okay Fast food and retail has never been intended to be jobs that highly skilled people were supposed to do. Those jobs were intended for entry-level workers to enter the workforce. It became that way because of the way that the economy was going. But that was not supposed to be the way that it was supposed to go. The pandemic in the way is a reset. So a lot of people have had to start over and they've had to reevaluate some things. So now we're back to square one in some cases. Some businesses are finding themselves back at the drawing board. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to change with the times. Okay? Franchisees are playing picks and chooses with the low-paying jobs that they're offering people. And many people are still around. You know, we remember what happened after Katrina. You know, all those fast food workers and uh, 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 restaurants were offering all these incentives and $10 an hour to work and $12 an hour to work and sign-on bonuses and free housing for six months and this and that another. And a lot of people took the bait. And once those six months were over, they took all those promises back once they received all the workers that they needed. Okay? There aren't a lot of deadbeat, lazy, unemployment recipients out here like the government and the media would have everyone believe. I bet none of them bother to ask how many people who are receiving unemployment are working part-time or 1099 are training for other jobs, or are in school. For those that are working part-time, uh, 1099 employees, independent contractors, uh, going back to trade school, or are in school to finish their education, their circumstances are going to change. But I hope the workforce will be ready to accommodate all these newly skilled workers because America was struggling to keep them employed long before the pandemic started. Fast food places need to stop getting on social media crying about nobody wanting to work and start hiring the millions of entry-level skilled workers who are signing up to work for you, but you keep rejecting them. Those well-rounded, mature workers, waiters, and servers you had the privilege of working for, working with, but didn't appreciate, probably aren't coming back. Many more people would be working right now if those job placement offices were open again. Many people who are seeking work relied on those referral letters from job placement offices. 
to find full-time work. With those offices closed, the staffing and temporary agencies have taken up the slack. But staffing and temp agencies aren't set up to prepare potential employees for success. And the jobs that they offer are temporary placement or part-time only. They're not full-time jobs with benefits. And there's no, no promise of a permanent placement and no promise of job security with those jobs. Those are co- that's contract work, you know, or you may hang around for, you know, as, 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 as long as they'll tolerate you, but there's no promise that they're, that they're going to keep you on these jobs, okay? So the job placement offices are closed. They have online job fairs. But how is a person supposed to receive a referral letter for a job through a computer screen? Well, there's been some, a few reporters that have been debunking this information. You know, I'm, I'm very happy about that because, you know, they need to ask the people who are affected by this pandemic what's going on out here and why people, why it seems like people aren't returning to work. And let me tell you something else too. A lot of people who are working right now, (laughs) you know, who are receiving partial unemployment because they have a part-time job, you know, the the part-time job that they have, of course, is not paying what they were getting paid when, uh, before the pandemic hit from their full-time job. Many people are make making a quarter, not even half. They're making a quarter, to maybe a third, a, a third to a quarter of their actual salaries that they took home. So when that unemployment stops, and I believe it's going to stop in September, you know, these people who have part-time work, hopefully they'll be able to um, transition to full-time work before then. If they're stuck with that part-time job, that's what they're going to have to live on until they're able to find a full-time position. A lot of people don't understand either that most people who aren't able to return to work are women. Okay? Women who had families. The daycares are closed. The ones that are open are charging astronomical rates that are not affordable right now because if it was a two-parent household a two-income earning household nine times out of ten the woman had to quit her job to stay home and take care of the children so that household salary was cut in half there is no money for daycare if they don't have them friends and family to help them watch their children while they go to work So a lot of women are not able to return to work if they have small children. That's something to look into, too, that nobody talks about. And many of the 600,000 people who died last year due to COVID were elderly people who may have been helping young parents watch their children while they went to work. With those elderly people gone, 
the pre-babysitting is gone. So adjustments had to be made for child care. So many of those many of those people who are collecting unemployment right now are women who were not able to return to their jobs because of their children. That's the reality. A reporter had um, come out and debunked some of these things that the media and social media were saying about unemployment recipients. Um, uh, they quoted a lady by the name of Karen Merrick, C- CEO of Virginia Ready, a Virginia-based job training program. She said that many employers appear too picky about whom they hire. The April jobs report explained why employers were having trouble hiring. Last month's gains were low. Okay. She said some companies have barriers themselves that prevent people from hire that prevent them from hiring the people that they need. They need to make a greater effort. Okay. Companies need to stop playing games. And hire the people who want to work for them. Circumstances can't be that dire if you want to be choosy about who you want to hire. All I'm saying is, be honest about what's going on out here. The job market is dismal. And many people are out here trying. They're doing the best that they can. What they do not need are uh, many of these people who are who have found themselves having to collect unemployment or take work that pays them 25 50 sometimes 70 percent less than they were making at their jobs that they were laid off from last year during the pandemic are out here doing the best that they can what they don't need is the public being lied to people hate that word lie but it's the truth being lied to by the news media and the government about them many of these unemployment recipients are from middle class families working class families upper middle class families these people are human beings they're not numbers They're people. They have stories. They should be heard. And I'm tired of folks who have no idea, no clue. They have no connection to anyone who has remotely been affected by the effects of this pandemic. Getting on the radio, going to the media, getting in, going, uh, uh, going to government, then the house, however they debate and whatever, and dragging these people in the mud because states are strapped for cash and they can't, they're, they're trying to figure out how. They're going to balance budgets. 
what they need to do is stop cutting all of these programs like job placement programs put that money back in there to get these people to go to work if you were able to figure out how to get people to go to the DMV to um, get their driver's license and license plates and everything like that registered by appointment or whatever. You can figure out how to get these job placement offices open so that people can get what they need to get back to work. Stop blaming people and pointing fingers at the problem and do what the voters have elected you to do is to find a solution. I'm tired of people who are in positions of authority, who are responsible for the lives of millions of people because of the position that they're in, being totally incapable of rising to that challenge. They have no idea what they're doing how to solve the problems. Most of them have been bought out by lobbyists for so long. They don't even care about the people who voted them in office because our votes don't matter. The money that comes from the companies and corporations that have bought their votes matter. These politicians do not represent us they do not speak for us. They represent the companies that support them. Do not speak for me if you don't represent me. If you don't care about me, don't speak on me. Don't act like you know me and you don't. And as far as the news media goes, you know, y'all wonder why nobody pays much attention to you anymore. Get out there and do some real investigating. There's a lot of independent journalism going on, and I'm grateful for that because they're doing what y'all used to do. They're getting out there and they're talking to real people. You can find a lot of that investigative journalism on YouTube. People are being interviewed. How did the pandemic affect them? How did it affect their families? What are they out there doing? I watched a wonderful documentary, I think last year sometime, where this guy had, he was an upper class. He was like close to that 1%. This man was making like six, seven figures a year. He had a, uh, he, he had a, a, a breakdown and lost his job. And he's one of the people out here. Well he, will, he, well, he didn't have a, a, a meltdown. I think he worked like for one of these gas companies like that, Halliburton or something like that, and he was laid off, okay? And he's one of those people that had to pick up three jobs. This is an older man. He was like maybe late 40s, early 50s, and he was out here doing back-breaking work. He was working three jobs to make ends meet. And the money that he was making from those three jobs was only a third of what he was making on that job that he had that he was laid off from. So miss us with this foolishness. Get out here 
and do your job. Nobody is right. Nobody is right all the time. There's not everything is not black and white. Some things are gray. Find the truth. The whole truth. Not what closed-minded, sheltered people want you to believe. Be bold. Be daring. Get out there and find the truth. And report that. That's the end of my rant. Thank you for listening. My social media recommendation for this week is also the source of the article that I read for you today um, about bloating is primewomen.com. Again, that is primewomen.com. Redefining the over 50 woman. Now, even though many of us are um, not 50 yet, I'm not 50 yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I got a few years yet. Um, this website has a lot of valuable information about what's ahead for you. Okay. So it has a lot of good information on it. And um, the name of the article that I read from for you today from that website is Why Women Over 50 Bloat and What to Do About It. That's why I left the name of the title out. Because, <laughs> you know, perimenopausal people, um, perimenopause can kick in as early as 35. So, um, a great resource for the uh, perimenopausal, menopausal crowd. Well, that's it for me today. Um, I apologize for the rant. I just felt I needed to get that out there. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, This is going to be a pretty short podcast because we're just talking about bloating. You just get some gas sex and, you know, chew your food and you should be fine. Okay. (laughs) There really wasn't much to that. So next Wednesday, we're going to talk about sore breasts. And again, that's going to be um, another short podcast. If um, nothing else comes up interesting that I can um, add to that, I'm going to combine number seven and number eight, which would be sore breast and weight gain together. Okay. Um, but if there's anything interesting, like anything going on with any um, 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 middle-aged person um, in the media or something like that, um, we'll just talk about the sore breasts and then um, we'll talk about that. Okay. If not, we'll combine the two subjects that's it for me today um thank you so much for joining me have a wonderful day and be blessed